and joy on ending joy on ending one of the most dramatic scenes in the new testament i believe can be found in the gospel of luke chapter 4 gospel of luke chapter 4 and in there jesus had gone into the wilderness to fast and pray and came back and by the time he came back the scripture tells us that news about him went all around he had just defeated the enemy the enemy came tempting him and he defeated him with the sword of the spirits which is the word of god he had just defeated him and then news about jesus went all around that the same person that went isn't the same person that came back so jesus went from there and he got into galilee and he began to teach in the synagogues in Galilee. And soon after, he left from Galilee to Nazareth. Nazareth was where he grew up. And when he got to Nazareth, as his custom was, he would go into a synagogue. So he entered the synagogue. And when he entered, he sat down. When he sat down, the people came with a scroll. And they gave it to him. And the scroll is from the book of prophet Isaiah. Now, Jesus opened the scroll and he went to Isaiah 61. Now, Isaiah 61 has 11 verses. But Jesus read just the first two verses. And here is what it says. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 to 19. Luke 4, 18 to 19 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So, Jesus read <laughs> these first two verses. He stopped there. And then he closed the scroll. And at this point, people were watching him. I mean, the whole place was silent, just like it is right now. It was just silent. Like you could hear a pin drop. <laughs> and then guess what Jesus now said? In verse 21, he said to them, Today, this scripture that you've heard me read is fulfilled in your hearings. Oh my. They lost it. <laughs> <laughs> they were upset. They lost it. What? You? So you are saying you are the anointed one? You? They, they grabbed Jesus. They took him to the edge of a cliff and wanted to throw him off the cliff. That was how upset. There was something about Jesus and the cliff that day. You know, the devil also did the same thing earlier on. For some reason, <laughs> he was meant to just anyway. But they were so upset, they took him and wanted to drop him. But here is the truth of the matter. Jesus Christ of Nazareth is the fulfillment of Isaiah 61. Jesus Christ of Nazareth is the what? Is the fulfillment of Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61 talks about the Messiah, his power, and his mission. Now let's read it. Isaiah 61 from verse 1 to 3. Isaiah 61 verse 1 to 3 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. 
because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. It goes on to say, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes and the oil of, of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they may be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. So when you read Isaiah 6 to 1, what we'll read from this first verse is God himself anointing Jesus for the mission. Jesus was anointed, you know, Acts chapter 10 verse 38 Acts 10 38 tells us that how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. So Jesus was anointed for the mission that he had. God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. So the first thing was God empowered Jesus, anointed him as the Messiah, which the people did not want to hear. And not only did he do that, guess what he now did? He told him that you have a sevenfold mission to fulfill. It's all in there. The first thing the Lord says that you will do is that you will preach good news to the poor. Is meant to preach the good news what to the poor. Number two is meant to heal the brokenhearted. Number three is meant to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners. Those who are imprisoned in the physical, those who are imprisoned and held captive in their minds. Jesus has come to proclaim liberty and proclaim freedom. Are you with me? Number four, it says that you would also proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, which is the time of salvation, him dying on the cross for our sins, and also the day of God's vengeance, which is the second coming of God. Number five, it says that your mission is to comfort those who mourn in Zion, giving them beautiful ashes. Six, to give them oil of joy for mourning. And number seven, to give them a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So when you look at Isaiah chapter 6 to 1, from verse 1 to 3, you will see God describing the people as poor. The people are brokenhearted. The people are held in captivity. The people are prisoners. And then the Lord now says that to these people, this is what you're going to do. You're going to preach the good news to them. You will heal those who are brokenhearted. That's why I've empowered you. The God told him that he would set the captive free. Declare freedom to the people. And I love this last one. You will bring an exchange. Meaning for mourning, you will take the mourning of the people away and give them the oil of joy. You will take the spirit of heaviness away and give them a garment of praise. You will take away their sin 
and their death and give them what? Life in abundance. I love the exchange. I love the exchange. So when the people heard all this that Jesus read, <laughs> oh boy, they were upset. They, said, they actually said, is that not Joseph's son? Is that that boy? Is that not Joseph's son? That's Joseph's son, right? You know, I remember that Joseph's son. This one. We used to change his diapers. Joseph, um, Jesus. This, that Jesus that used to run up and down the hope. This is the same Jesus. We used to, I used to babysit, I, I used to babysit this Jesus. So this is the one that will now be our Messiah. You know, it's like when you go back to maybe where you, um, you, you grew up and, you know, you meet some family members, you meet some people. Some of them, they refuse to see or acknowledge the fact that you've grown up. They just refuse it. They refuse it. They will just, they will still call you your baby name. Some of them actually hold your cheek. <laughs> the way they used to hold your cheek, they, hold your... they refuse to just accept that you've grown, that you've developed. You develop. And for some people, yes, you know, it's just a thing of joy. But some people actually do it just to keep you there. To refuse in their minds that you're better. To refuse in their minds that you've developed, that you've grown, that the Lord has helped you. They just want to, they, they refuse to see that. And that's what is happening to these guys in, 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 in Nazareth. They were refusing to see Jesus. They, they are people who do not want to recognize your efforts. You've sacrificed. You've put in different things. You've gone back to school. You're working three, four jobs. They don't want to do that. They, you're doing that, but they're enjoying the soft life. While you are there. I just, Jesus was fasting for 40 days in the wilderness. They were lounging at home. Now he came back with power. And they don't want to recognize the fact that he's now been anointed. Soft life. <laughs> Jesus came to save us from guilt, from shame, from captivity, from poverty, from sin, and eternal condemnation. No one can do that but Jesus. No one can do that for you but who? But Jesus. But Jesus. You know one thing I love about our God? He is. He is. He continues to live. Our God is not late. Other religions have gods that lived at some point. But our own God, he continues to live. (laughs) So now, when we now, let's go to verse 4 of Isaiah 61. Verse 4 of Isaiah 61 now says that, And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. And they shall repair the ruined cities. The desolations of many generations. So here, the conversation begins to change. Because now the Lord has transformed his children. We are now, we've been healed of the broken hearts. Okay? We are no longer in poverty. All right? The spirit of heaviness has been taken away. We are saved by his grace. Are you with me? So God is now saying, now that you have been transformed, this is your own responsibility. It says that you shall be rebuilders. You shall be what? Rebuilders. You shall be rebuilders. Now, there are, we can look at it from the structural angle. 
You know, there are buildings, there are ancient temples and things like that that have been ruined. All right? It could have been due to war, earthquakes, natural disaster, those kind of things. And God is saying that we will rebuild those. If you go to some places in Jerusalem, you will see some of those structures being rebuilt already. But apart from that, what the Lord is saying is that we would also be used to rebuild broken families. We will be used to rebuild broken homes. We will be used to rebuild broken institutions. We will be used to rebuild broken communities, broken nations. That is part of why we have been transformed. And only those who have been transformed by Jesus can rebuild what has been destroyed by the devil. There are organizations that you will get into. And just because they hired you, the Lord would use you to begin to rebuild things in there. Just because they hired you. They were about to fold up six months (laughs) from when you were hired, but your presence in there, because of the divine wisdom working in you, the Lord gives you something that is the exact solution that they need. There are projects you will find yourself on. Projects that they've been confused on. Those who are on there, you join the team and the Lord uses you to rebuild. In the name of Jesus, you will be rebuilders wherever you go in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, let's, go, let's continue. The conversation continues in Isaiah 61, verse 5. Verse 5 now says that strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. And the sons of the foreigner shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. I want you to understand that we're laying a background this morning. All right. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. And the sons of the foreigner shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. Because of the transformation that has occurred in our lives. Because of what the Lord has done for us. There are people who will hear about us. People who we do not know. You know, a stranger is someone you do not know, right? But they would hear about us, hear about what the Lord is doing in our lives. And they would want to work for us. If you have an organization here, you're planning to have one. There are people who would want to work for you. Why? So they can also enjoy the same testimony that you are enjoying. Yes. Strangers, they will come. They will come. There are people who would want to partner with you in your business so they can enjoy the same thing you're enjoying. They know that whenever you touch things, it prospers. You may not know them, but they're watching. They're seeing you. They know. People who want to associate with us Due to our experiences of transformation. I've seen this happen several times. Yes. So don't think you have to be casual about things. Where you are, where you work, your place of business, your industry. Don't be casual about it. You're there on a mission. You are there on a what? On a mission. Strangers would come. They would want to serve us. And God would use you. To touch many families and rebuild many homes even through that. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Also, we will have a new identity. Isaiah 61 verse 6 now says that, But you shall be named the priest of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. You shall boast. And you know, the funny thing is, you may see this and say, oh, but you shall be named the priest of the Lord. Yeah, that's just for pastors. Yeah, that's just for pastors. That's just for Bishop PJ. That's actually your own verse right there. Yeah, just keep that. <laughs> because we had it say priests. No. No. Remember, the Lord is talking to his children that have been transformed. This is every one of us. We are all servants of God. We are all ministers of God. So the Lord is saying that our name would now be changed to that. And what we would do as trees of righteousness is that we would also produce other trees of righteousness. So we would be servants of God who would continue the works of Jesus. Jesus said that the works that I do, you will do also. And greater works than this shall you even do. So we even have a greater responsibility. We have a what? A greater responsibility. Responsibility. By the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, we would preach the gospel. We would preach the good news. By the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, we would heal the sick as well. We would prophesy to people. We would set the captives free. We would cast out demons. By the power of the Holy Spirit... In the name of Jesus. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9 says, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. I love that. We are God's fellow workers. Meaning we are what? We are working together we are his fellow workers working what's together laboring together if we go up a few verses verse 6 of that first corinthians chapter 9 in there it says that paul waters apollos paul planted right apollos watered and then the lord did what get the increase everyone each person with their own responsibility God is not the one planting. Paul is the one planting. God is not the one watering. Apollos is the one watering. And then the Lord is the one giving the increase, not Paul, not Apollos. We are fellow workers with God. God is not raising lazy people. God is raising laborers. Those who will labor with him and take this good news beyond the church on Sundays. The work isn't here on Sundays. The work actually starts on Monday when you get out there as a rebuilder. Then there is a choice to this story. It's Isaiah 6 to 1. The Lord now begins to talk about the rewards of, a, of being a co-laborer with him. That same verse 6 in there it says, But you shall be named the priest of the Lord. 
They shall call you the servants of our God. And now see here, it says, you shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. And in their glory, you shall boast. I love that. Now the Lord is not talking about rewards. Follow the, follow the timeline. First, Jesus was anointed, right? It was empowered as the Messiah. And then Jesus now transforms his children, you and I. We are saved, we are now transformed. And then Jesus now says, okay, now this is your responsibility. You will be rebuilders. You will also spread the good news. I will give you the Holy Spirit. It will walk in you. And you shall go out there and do wonders. And when you now do that, guess what? I have rewards for you. You see that timeline? So the first thing here he's saying is you shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. You know, I love the way the Amplified Version, the New Living Translation and the Goodness Translation puts this. They say that, in there it says that, you will enjoy the wealth and the treasure of nations. Breaks it down. You will enjoy what? The wealth and treasure of nations. Meaning there are riches, there are opportunities, wealthy ideas that will be yours locally and globally. Of nations. You know you are in one nation right now. You can't live in two nations at a time. Are you with me? But here he's saying that there are things that you would enjoy in nations you've not even thought of. There are things that I've prepared for you in nations you've not even been to. I just wish you could dream. I wish you could know that we serve a God of possibilities. Of possibilities. Some of you do not even see beyond your street. And God is saying, I have riches. I have treasures. I have things I've prepared for you. In nations. Do you know how many nations we have on the earth today? I think over 160, 180 or so, 87. And then God is saying, I have things prepared for you right there. (laughs) Why limit yourself to just your own household? He told Abraham, as far as you can see, as far as you can see, you keep singing, and the things you keep seeing will keep getting delivered as far as you can see. This was the first reward that the Lord gave. The first riches and treasures in places. The Lord will begin to open your minds, give you seeing eyes, give you hearing ears. It will begin to touch your hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. <laughs> Rebuilders are not impoverished. No. Rebuilders are not beggars. Rebuilders are not meant to be reduced. No. Let God be true and all men liars. I believe his word. And I want you to believe his word. Rebuilders are not meant to live in lack. No. And then secondly, the Lord now goes on to say in verse 7, 
It says that instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. And everlasting joy shall be theirs. Oh my, this is so packed. <laughs> this means that there are places, first of all, there are places where you have been mocked. By the time you go back there, you will be celebrated beyond your expectation. In the mighty name of Jesus. People who have mocked you will be the ones to clap for you and celebrate you. In the name of Jesus. You will be celebrated. You will be celebrated. You will be what? Celebrated. You will be honored. Those who have looked down on you. Those who have called you names. Those who have abused you. Those who have rejected you. Those who have said nothing good can come out of you. Those who have doubted you. And condemned you. Guess what? They are coming back. To honor you. With double honor. They are coming back to say they are sorry. They are coming back to celebrate you. That is God's promise for his children. That is God's promise for his children. His children. Double honor. I say double honor is when you acknowledge someone with words and deeds. You know, you can honor someone with just your words. That's just honor. Double honor is when you honor with words. And what? And deeds. Where did you get that from? I got that from 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. 1 Timothy 5, 17 says that let, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. And if you read further, in there, you can see that it's encouraging the people to bless those who teach, those who labor with double honor, not just words, oh, thank you, oh, I was blessed, but with words and what? And deeds. So the Lord is now saying that for my people who have been transformed, they would also experience double honor. Where you go to places, you are not just being honored with words, but you're also being honored with deeds. And that would be your testimony in Jesus' name. And then in the same scripture in there, it says that you will possess double in the land. Meaning you will have twice what the average person has. You will have what? Twice, at least twice, what the average person has. You will not lack. Your needs shall be met. You will not be hungry. You would not be thirsty. You will not be homeless. You would not be stranded. You would have things in multiple forms. In the name of Jesus. That's what it means for you to possess double. You will not beg to eat. You will not beg to drink. You will not be on the streets naked. You will be blessed. And you will be a blessing to many. That's what it means to do us to possess double. To possess double. You will not be bankrupt. You will not be bankrupt in the name of Jesus. Ask Abraham. He knows what it means to possess double. Ask Isaac. Ask Jacob. Joseph. 
Ask them. David, possessing double in the land. They know what it means to possess double. Then the Lord is saying, this right here is my promise for those who are transformed. You know, many times we give our lives to Jesus. We are saved. But we think the only thing that comes after that is just attending the church. Just come to church. Just pray. Just fast. Prayer and fasting covers everything. (laughs) Oh, just read your Bible. No. I want you to go home and sit down with Isaiah 61. I wondered what would have happened if the people actually waited for Jesus to read the entire chapter for them. He only read two chapters and they were upset. And I'm sure Jesus was thinking, if only you knew what else I have here for you. I want you to sit down with this scripture and let the Holy Spirit begin to dissect it for you. You are not just any kind of person. You are a rebuilder. You enter places and your presence there makes the place better. You enter a place of chaos and confusion and your presence in there brings clarity. It brings light. You are different. You are in a different family. You are walking in the newness of God. You must understand what God has for you. You must understand what God has for you. You are not meant to go into places and be the problem in there. You are not meant to go into places and bring chaos into the place. That's what darkness does. You are light. You are what? You are light. Not in the church here. Out there you are light. This is not a place of darkness. This is the place where light is just hitting light. Excess light. (laughs) Out there is the dark. Where you go, you step into places and your presence there makes things different. It makes things what's different. I shared this to you once. I was working at an organization a long time ago. I was about to leave. My director called me into his office. He said, please, can you pray for me? I said, what? He said, please pray for me. I had another director at the time. There was something that happened. I can't remember what. Um, there was an incident that happened in, the, in, in America. <laughs> and she called me. She said, please, come, 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 shut the door, shut the door. I shut the door. She said, yeah. I'm very frightened. I, I, I need to go to church this weekend. I need to go to church this weekend. People, people are watching you. Strangers. They are watching you. They want to have what you have. They want to have the peace you have. They want to have the joy you have. Their own joy is seasonal. When the economy is good, they are good. When it's down, they are down. When the weather is shining, they shine bright. When the weather is dull, they are dull. 
They are moved by external things, the economy, the environment. That's not you. You are transformed. You are saved. You are different. So go into places as rebuilders. Let God use you to be the one to rebuild your family. To rebuild your home. To rebuild. You have friends, some of them. Their marriages are on the verge of breaking up. And you, you know that the Lord has been speaking to you. That I've put something in you that you can help. In helping these people restore what is about to break. You are rebuilders. Don't go into organizations just because oh, of, of, of what you want to eat. What they want to pay you. You are going there to make things better. You tell them you want to leave, they should be crying, begging you, calling you into multiple meetings. Please, okay, so what else can we offer you? So what else can we do? Know someone that has a business here. Same kind of business. Same complex. Two of them, business owners next to each other. One is constantly looking for clients. And the other one is constantly being bombarded with clients. You are rebuilders. That's why you are saved. So everything we just read right now, when the Lord says that I have treasures and riches for you in nations, they are not just words. Those are God's promises that he will fulfill in your life. The question is, do you believe that? When it says you will possess double in the land, it means you're not meant to live in this land as an average person or whatever land you're in. You are not meant to live as an, if an average person has two homes. The Lord says I will possess double. It means I will have at least what? Four. It's something of this math. It's just simple math. You would possess what? Double. You will not lack. You will not be the one to be found on the streets hungry. No, not his children. And then it says the last thing that you will have is everlasting joy. <laughs> that was where the Lord now stopped. He says everlasting joy shall be what? Shall be theirs. That word everlasting means infinite. It means unending. It means infinite. It means unending. It means forever. That's the kind of joy that the Lord wants to give you and I. That's the kind of joy. It goes even beyond our presence here on earth and extends into heaven. The time when we would see him, time when we would see Jesus face to face. We're going to see him face to face like Jesus. This is the Jesus we'll be praying in. In the name of Jesus, it is you. I hope we didn't shout too much every time we call your name, Jesus. We would see him face to face. You know what else the joy is? It means no more pain. A place of no more pain. No lack. No tears. No more death. Everlasting joy. Joy in all seasons here on earth. And joy when we meet with him in heaven. So everlasting joy is not a thing that is reserved for eternal life. It's a thing that has been reserved for the children of God. Who have been transformed here on earth. That now extends into eternity. And only the eternal God can give you everlasting joy. And in the name of Jesus, I declare over you, you will continue to enjoy the joy of the Lord 
in the mighty name of Jesus. No sadness in your life. No sadness in your homes. No sorrow in your families. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, give God praise this morning.